Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, news stories to the latest non-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azafetti and me, Tears of Price. And we are recording this on February 9th. Hey there, Erica. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's already February, like today, when this is um, published, it will be February 14th already. Like, Ooh, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day. All the in times days. Yes. <laughs> Do you celebrate Valentine's and, and or Galentine's? I celebrate Valentine's, I guess, like, I guess when I'm in a relationship. But if I'm not, sometimes I do Galentine's. I'm not like super, it's not a necessity. If it comes up, it's fun. But I don't, I know some people actively dislike Valentine's Day and I, I feel them, but I don't like, I'm not super, I don't feel strongly about it either way. Yeah. I, I mean like, okay, so like I'm married and like my partner and I, like we don't really like go all out and I don't think it's because the spark is dead. It's just kind of like, we're like, oh, hey, yeah. Love you. Love you too. Um, We, we might do something like a little special, but yeah, we don't go hugely all out. But um, last year I had a lot of fun. Like you remember as a kid when you would like be in school and you'd like exchange Valentine's with everybody in your class. Yes. That was so precious, honestly. I know. I did like an adult version of that with my friends last year. I found these Valentines. Yeah. I found these Valentines on Etsy and they were like bookish themed and they came with like these little mini bookmark that you could color in. Um, We could put a link in the show notes to where I rounded up those. Um, And I, yeah, I like mailed them to like six or seven of my friends. And I was like, this is silly, but it just brought me so much joy. So no, that was like that's the extent such a good that idea. I, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. I might do that actually. I just believe in appreciating your friends, you, you know, on Valentine's day and other days of the year, but it was fun. Absolutely. I love that. New, new tradition here, here, new tradition started. <laughs> Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Well, um, before we kind of get into all things YA, we do want to share that 2024 is the 10th year of the Read Harder Challenge. Like, whoa, I can't believe it's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can join us as we make our way through 24 tasks meant to expand your reading horizons and diversify your TBRs. So you can get book recommendations for each task and sign up for the um, Read Harder newsletter, which has all sorts of great goodies in it. So if you become a paid subscriber, you can get even more recommendations plus community features where you can connect with a community of passionate, like-minded readers in a cozy and supportive corner of the internet. So you can visit bookriot.com readharder to sign up. 
That's bookriot.com slash read harder. Um, so yay for that. I actually started um, my podcasting journey with Book Riot as on the um, now defunct Read Harder podcast. And that nice. was really fun. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's so, been a minute. Oh. I know. Yeah. Um, so news, news of, of the week, news of the YA world. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Mm-hmm. Um, America Ferrera, recently of Barbie fame and other amazing um, movies and, and TV shows, um, is going to be directing the adaptation of I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter which is super exciting. That Mm -hmm. was a book um, by Erica Sanchez. And um, yeah, the book is amazing. So, and I think it's already been a stage play in Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Kelly went to see it. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Because I remember talking about it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So now it's going to be a movie at Amazon. So that's exciting. exciting. It's her, it's America's directorial debut. So that's also cool if you follow her. Yeah. She seems like a pretty, pretty cool, dope person. I feel like, yeah. And I don't know. I, I can't remember if the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants was like her first movie or if it was like kind of her breakout role. Um, yeah. But it seems like a nice sort of full circle moment where like, you know, Sister of the Traveling Pants was kind of where she became like a household name and people, mm-hmm. you know, really knew who she was. And then now she's making her directorial debut with a YA adaptation, which is really cool. That's such a good observation. That's so true. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. like that. I love it. And speaking of more adaptations. Yes. So speaking of adaptations, there's also a first look at the adaptation of John Green's Turtles All the Way Down movie. Um, we Which I didn't were, know was happening. I was about to say, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I didn't even know this was optioned, bought by a studio. I know we were talking about like how it feels like with adaptation news, it's either, oh, these people just bought um, the rights to this movie uh, for this, you know, adaptation. And we don't hear about it for like five years. Or it's, oh, this movie is coming out next week. Like, where have you been? <laughs> like right. no in between. No, no in between whatsoever. And like I'm not terribly surprised because that was John Green's right. last YA book and um almost everything that he's written novel-wise has been adapted. Um but it was just more of like a, oh I didn't realize that was happening and like now there's you know a first glimpse and so it's really happening. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, happened. that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's gonna be an interesting movie to see because I don't know if you read the book. I haven't read it. Um, it came out in like 2017, 2018. So it's been Mm -hmm. a minute since I read it, but you know, it's, it's about mental health. And so I feel like a lot of the book is very internal. And so I'm going to be curious to see how that translates on the screen. That is interesting. Yeah. The only John Green book I've read, ah, it was a really popular, I think it was the first adaptation. The one. Oh, The Fault in Our Stars. Yes. That had me crying on the subway. Uh yeah that'll get you (laughs) yeah that it got me i got got um but yeah that's the only john green book i've read but i enjoyed it when i read it so i should maybe i should revisit his stuff absolutely but yes there is another story that's not like super fun but just to let y'all know um in miami dade county there is a school where they are requiring parents to sign off on letting their kids 
uh, participate in Black History Month events. And some parents have just expressed how that concerns them. Parents who have children that go to the school. Um, the school board member has also expressed how um, he's concerned by it. So it's like people are like, okay, uh, this doesn't really like sound good, um, but this is what's happening. So, goodness. Yeah, I, just so we know. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks for that update about censorship news. Like, I just can't believe that it's it just lot. keeps getting worse and worse. It just keeps getting, and it's like, what's going to be next? Pride mm-hmm. Month, maybe? Probably. Definitely. <laughs> All, uh, all the other heritage months, which we wouldn't need if, you know, obviously if the if history that was taught in school was, you know, all encompassing or more. Yeah, encompassing, but absolutely. Yes. In fact, I think that the reason Pride Month hasn't come under fire more often is because it's in June and a lot of schools are like getting out That's by June. True. That's true. So like mm. there, you know, there's some school districts that do go until like the first or second week of June. But like at that point, like nobody's like bringing up new lesson plans or like new units. So I'm yeah. sure that it just gets completely ignored that way. But that is a good point. <sighs> fun times. Fun, so, fun, fun. Um, we are going to hear from our first sponsor. And then we'll be back. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dial Press, publishers of The Prospects by KT Hoffman. The pressure cooker of minor league baseball leads to major chemistry in this exhilarating, sexy, and triumphant rivals to lovers debut romance. Gene Ionescu is the first openly trans player in professional baseball. He has nearly everything he's ever let himself dream of. That is until Luis Estrada, Gene's former teammate and current rival, gets traded to the Beavers. Now, Gene and Louise can't manage a civil conversation off the field or a competent play on it, but in the close confines of dugout benches and roadie buses, they begrudgingly rediscover a comfortable rhythm. As the two grow closer, the tension between them turns electric and their chemistry spills past the confines of the stadium. So this is one of the first adult rom-coms published by a major publishing house centering a gay trans man by a gay trans man. It also has ADHD and anxiety representation and some joyful, heartfelt moments. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to The Dial Press, publishers of The Prospects by KT Hoffman for sponsoring this episode. All right, and we are back. And Erica has one more interesting little news tidbit for you. Yes, I thought it was so cute 
it's cute the word. I thought it was interesting. So some research data just came out and one in four books sold in France are comics. Now I wanted to share that on this podcast specifically because I know a lot of people, obviously not our usual readers, like obviously, but a lot of other people that you may or may not come into contact with think that graphic novels and comics don't count as reading. And I just think it's interesting that in a country where there are a lot of readers, um, because apparently France has uh, the same amount of independent bookstores as the U.S. and the U.K. combined, which I also didn't know. Um, in a in a country full of readers, they have um, a great love for comics and graphic novels, which I thought was really cool. So this is probably at least partially because of this thing called the Culture Pass, in which France allots teens a certain amount of money that they could spend on culturally encouraging things like museum trips, musical instruments, and comics, books, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that was pretty cool and I wanted to share it with y'all. I'm like very jealous of France's culture class. I think it was such a good idea. Saying, oh my God, I'm like, the US is light years, light years from doing something like that, but it would be so cool. Totally. Uh, Oh my God, but yeah. Okay. So today is Valentine's Day, and I mean, if you hate Valentine's Day and you hate romance, probably don't listen to this episode, (laughs) Um, but we really wanted to talk about um, romance books, but not just like straight romance, but like, or not not straight romance, obviously, Um, there's queer romance in here, not straight up romance, but romance across the genres, Um, because we love a good genre smash. We like a we like a little genre combo. Yeah, it can be fun. Yeah. So um, I just thought it would be yeah. We both thought it would be fun to just talk about like historical romance and fan- fantasy romance. Like romancy, I guess, is what people are calling it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not quite clear on the difference between fantasy romance and romancy but you know in my mind they're like the same so um yeah there's there's like a lot of good stuff out there and and i'm just kind of excited that we get to to chat about it yes one note on romancy i think i think it's when like both genres are given their due in the book as opposed to one being a side i think I'm not that seems fair yeah I, but, but it also feels like very it would be very subjective to uh, be like, exactly that's true yeah. too that is definitely true i'm there i'm there with you on that for sure but yes so would you like to kick us off sure um i am excited to talk about my first pick which is dangerous alliance by jenica cohen um and this is historical fantasy excuse me historical fiction and romance um it is set in the regency period which um i really love um the uh the tagline is like an ostentatious romance which i think is really cute um (laughs) yeah so it is about victoria who is a um young lady living obviously in the Regency era and it's like 1815, 1816. Um, so she's definitely like living in a time that Jane Austen was publishing her books and she loves Jane Austen's books. Although of course, at this point in time, Jane Austen's not like publishing under her own name. It's kind of anonymous, but she um, knows enough about like society to know that like 
oh, a lady is writing these romance novels. So she loves them. She um, grew up on this beautiful country estate. The estate is, you know, doing well. And she has an older sister who got married the year before. And she is in no hurry to get married herself because, um, you know, she's just enjoying life. And um, her father is actually teaching her a little bit about running the estate, which she finds really interesting. Um, but the um, family estate situation is interesting because of um, something called an entail, which says that, um, you know, family property and estates can only pass on to the male heir. Um, but, uh, there's no, she doesn't have a brother. So that does like create some complications, but she's not too worried about it. Like her dad's got this all figured out. Right. Um, well then one day her beloved older sister comes home abruptly, um, without her husband and Vicky finds out that her older sister's husband is um, abusive. Um, so there's no like really horrific descriptions of domestic abuse, like on the page, but like it is kind of, you know, obliquely talked about and referred to, and it's not really a secret. And, um, at this time in history, like a woman just couldn't leave her husband, even if he was like literally, you know, physically abusing her, um, because the law was not for women and hasn't been for women, um, much throughout history. So this creates like a whole cascade of issues um, that actually calls into question, like what will happen to her family's home and her estate. Um, and so Vicky has to go to London and she has to participate in the London season and she has to find a husband and she has to do so quickly before her older sister's nefarious husband can really like get the courts involved and, and wreck her family's life. Um, so at the same time, there is a boy from a neighboring estate who mysteriously disappeared when they were like young teens and they grew up together and, and they were great friends. And then like all of a sudden he like just comes back into her, um, her life and she's like, where have you been? And he's like, oh, I've been like on the continent in Switzerland. Like I'm just now returned home. And um, there's definitely some sparks there, but she's also like, what happened? You just disappeared. And he won't really tell her what's going on. That's so. Uh cardi b that's suspicious that's weird <laughs> right um but you also get the book from his point of view so like the reader knows Ooh. that like he's got valid reasons for like not telling vicky about what happened um because spoiler alert it's also domestic abuse it's oh, not really yeah. a spoiler like you find that out within the first 50 pages um his father was also abusive um so there's there's a bit of domestic abuse in this um book just heads up um and so um he also goes to london because he has to figure out a way to save his family's estate. And there's a really great, like, will they or won't they sort of romantic pull mm. between them while Vicky's like got multiple suitors. And then like also just really dangerous things are happening. And it seems like somebody's really trying to like out, like they're like, out to target her family. Um, so, okay. There's just so much going on in this book. It's a but lot it was, going on. It's, it's a <laughs> lot going on. And there are some darker elements to it, like the domestic abuse, but it was so interesting and entertaining. And I definitely feel like it's a great one. If you like, like the high sort society sort of scandal and drama, like of Bridgerton, mm. um, obviously it's not, quite as spicy as Bridgerton because it's a YA romance but it is really romantic and I really loved it so it is Dangerous Alliance by Jenica Cohen that is so interesting and uh, yeah I would never yeah it has a lot going on but in a good way like you said yes that sounds really good 
first one I have is a contemporary romance. It is highly suspicious and unfairly cute, which is a which is like an A plus plus title to me. I don't excellent know. title, excellent excellent title uh, by Talia Hibbert, whose adult books I love. So Bradley and Celine used to be besties, but in Celine's mind, he ditched her for his popular friends. Um, reason why it was like a you can't sit with us mean girls kind of thing going on with the popular friends and Celine is because Celine is very much like a weird girly like she's into conspiracies she's obsessed with them she likes discussing things like UFOs and the like on TikTok um, and people respond like people like her little you know her little views on weird things Bradley, meanwhile, is this like handsome athlete who is also very charming. So they're kind of like polar opposites, right? And since the two of them fell out a few years ago, they've just been like, whenever they come into contact with with each other, they're like throwing shady comments and they also compete academically. So like, I, I do love a good rivals to lovers, enemies to lovers, little trope, tropey trope. So right there, I'm always, I'm already like, okay, yes. Um, so Celine finds out there's a program offering full ride scholarships for university and she jumps at the chance, especially because it's being run by this human rights lawyer who she looks up to. Also, here's another opportunity for some shade. Also, because one of the sponsors is a law firm that her estranged father works at and she's like, she wants to stick it to him be like, see, I don't even need you. I'm over here getting scholarships that your law firm is helping to pay for, you know, daddy issues. So thing is, in order to win a scholarship from this program, she'll have to complete a wilderness survival expedition in the woods. You might see where this is going. Um, but the chance to win the scholarship also appeals to Bradley because it would mean he wouldn't have to take out loans. Like who wouldn't this appeal to? Honestly, like we need money, like, come on. Um, so the two end up needing to work together during the competition because the other contestants aren't playing games. It gets real again. People need money for school. Okay. Just need money in general. So of course they grow closer and they start to explore just what happened between them years ago. Um, They each have their own things that they're wrestling with. Like Brad has OCD and the stress of the program is triggering while Celine has trust issues because of her raggedy dad that I mentioned a moment ago. (laughs) Um, Like I said, I've read Talia Hibbert's Brown Sisters series, which is adult, and she has a great sense of humor in those. And I think that is definitely on display here. Like the banter is is chef's kiss. It's quick and fun. There's some great character development. I always like how Talia Hibbert deals with um, mental health issues. Um, Also, Brad is bisexual, just to let you know what's going on with the queerness and all that. So, um, yeah, I love how Talia Hibbert writes characters and writes romance. Um, her adult books are very spicy. So just so you know, if you read this and you're like, oh, that was so cute. Just know going in and you're like, oh, let me read an adult book by Talia Hibbert. Just know it gets spicy, but it's still fun, you know. So again, that is Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. So great. I have not read um, this one, but I've read um, the the adult series. And yes, yeah, so good. So spicy. Yes. Um, but I, that title is just always so cute. Be. So great. perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, I need to give a shout out now to like an entire series of books. Nice. Um, the Graceling series by Kristen Kishore, um, which like, okay, by the way, Graceling came out when I was like actually a teenager in high school. Mm-hmm. And these books have been just like every few years, we'll get another amazing thick tome. Um, and it's really awesome, but I had sort of fallen off, like keeping up with the series, um, a few years back just because, you know, so many books, so little time. Um, and then last fall I was like, man, you know, I really want to read the newer Gracing books. Like I'm going to go back to the very beginning and I'm going to read through all of them. And I was so glad I did because first of all, they were fantastic and so good. Um, but second of all, like, I was like, wow wow, this book series is like incredibly romantic and also very like empowering and sex positive. And that was something that I think just like, I don't know, like I didn't really notice when I was first reading them. I was like, oh, this is such a nice little fantasy. And then I read the books and I was like, holy cow. So um, real quick, they, each of them um, has like a different protagonist and like a different story. And for the most part, um, you know, each book is its own contained like novel, like there's no cliffhangers or, or anything like that. Like, and in fact, most of the books, there's like a, either a good number of months or a number of years in between each book. Um, so I like that. Yeah, it's nice because like you can go in and you can read a book and then like it's it's just yeah. it's contained. Um, but like at the same time, they do have a chronology to them. So I wouldn't necessarily mm. say like, oh, it's okay to read them out of order. Like you could, but I think like there are some points that you might be a little confused on. Right. Um, so I definitely recommend starting with Graceling. And then doing Fire, which is the prequel to Graceling. Um, but there's a really big, important reveal at the end of Graceling that will be spoiled if you read Fire first. So just know that. Um, and then Better Blue, um, which is, takes place a few years after Graceling. And then Winterkeep and Sparrow, Sea Sparrow also take place a few years after Better Blue. Um, and those are the newest ones. Um, so they are set in um, this world. It's called the Seven Nations. And there are seven nations seven in this world. Um, but then they also discovered that there's kind of like this other land beyond this mountain pass that they, they don't realize existed. And so it's really a lot about like the politics of, of these fantasy worlds and how people interact and um you know, what happens when, you know, they discover one country and then they discover like another country and a lot of political intrigue and et cetera. Um, So, but in this world, the seven nations, people are graced and um, that shows up by um, their eyes. So they will have two different color eyes. And that means that they have some special ability where it's like, they're really, really, really good at this one thing. So it might be like somebody's really good at like making like the most amazing food or somebody's really good at hand-to-hand combat. Um, oh, and, wow. So it's really yeah. just like random. That is so interesting. Really that random. Re- that reminds me of My Hero Academia with quirks. I don't know if you don't really watch a lot of anime, right? No, I have. I mean, okay. I, I read a, I read a couple of My Hero Academia volumes but I had to like, oh, go okay. all the way through it. So yeah, it's kind of similar like that where it's just like, you know, it's completely random. You don't know, like people don't always know like what your grace is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if you have one in the seven nations, depending on which nation you like are living in, usually what happens is like the king comes and steals you away because the king is like, oh, you're mine now. And however your grace develops, like the king will put you to use. So the first book, um, Graceling, it's about Katza and her grace is like, she thinks killing people. Um, And so she's kind of used as like the king's assassin, but she is rebelling against that. She doesn't want to kill for the king and um, she's part of the resistance. And it's about what happens when she meets a graced fighter and they start poking at this um, really intriguing case of um, somebody stealing away the like the grandfather of a king and like it opens up this whole can of worms politically and it's really interesting and it's really fascinating but what i love about it is there's a really fantastic romance between katza and poe and it's so lovely and wonderful um and then in the subsequent books the world does expand so that there's more magic beyond just the seven nations so like in fire we learn that like in that nation um like there are creatures that are considered monsters and they don't look monstrous. Like what we would think of as like, you know, your stereotypical monster. Um, But they might have like orange and pink and red hair and they can have, they have mind control. And so like they, they present um, in colors that are like, not like what we would think of as natural. um, And then they can control your mind. And so that's why they're considered monsters because that's really dangerous. Uh, So yeah, there's just like a lot of really Mm. interesting like aspects and and lore and and magic. Um, But every single book has a really great romance at the center. Um, And a couple of the books, there's like, you know, a really good romance where you get like a happily happily ever after for now. Um, And then other books, it's like, no, it's like a it's a like long lasting, like forever type of romance. And what I like about it is like, I didn't really, as I was reading it, I'm like, oh man, yes, I love this romance. It's so great. And then like, you might read another book and you realize like, oh, the couple broke up, which is kind of sad, but like the romance itself is so good. Um, And then there's other romances that happen throughout that I was like really getting behind. And so um, in Winterkeep, um, Kristen Kishore wrote a, um, lesbian romance, which I was like, this is awesome. Um, so yes, this is my very long-winded way of saying I love the Graceling <laughs> series. They're fantastic fantasies, but they yes. all through all five of them have a really great romance um in them. And um most of them are happily ever afters. So definitely check them out. They're also very sex positive. There's not like graphic on the page sex or and nothing's like described, you know, explicitly, but like they're they're very closed door, but Kristen Kishore writes characters who do have sex and they do have sex responsibly and they, you know, deal with like the emotions of what it means to be intimate with somebody. And I think that that is, you know, a great way for teens to kind of get introduced to the idea of like, you know, you might like somebody and want to have sex with them, but like there's all the emotional consequences that go with having sex with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think that is important to discuss in YA where it's a relatively safe environment um, to introduce those ideas. So yeah, that's the Graceling series. I love it so much. I could keep going, but I'm going to cut myself off. (laughs) It sounds like a really interesting world that's been created and I don't see too many series that are structured in that way. So I like it sounds novel, 
pun intended. Yeah, that's great. But um, <laughs> yeah. But yes, so I have a question for you pertaining to the yes. Graceling series after we hear from our next sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Charming, easygoing, and rich, Xavier Castillo has the world at his fingertips. He also has no interest in taking over his family's empire, but that hasn't stopped women from throwing themselves at him. Unless, of course, the woman in question is his publicist. The cool, the intelligent, the ambitious Sloan Kensington, who is a high-powered publicist who's used to dealing with difficult clients, but none infuriate or tempt her more than a certain billionaire heir with his stupid dimples and laid-back attitude. She may be forced to work with him, but she'll never fall for him because he's a client and that's all he'll ever be, right? Right, girl, like we all know. So just in case you didn't know, author Anna Wong is the best-selling author and book talk viral author of the Twisted Love series, the King of Sin series, Miss Wong, got it going on, okay? Make sure to check out King of Sloth by Anna Wong. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so while you were talking about the Graceling Graces, I was curious, like, if you lived in the world of the Gracelings, what would your, your grace or your power be? Oh, um, I would love to be able to become invisible whenever I want. Oh, real introvert things. I know. It's kind of introverted, but the reason is I'm Mm -hmm. really nosy. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm like, if I could just become invisible, like I would like. That is not interesting. (laughs) I wonder what the house looks like on the inside. I'll just be invisible and go inside and look. No, I know that's really terrible. That's amazing. No, that's the best answer. Oh my God. (laughs) I love it. That is. How about you? Oh my God. I was going to say, I feel like I would want something else. Like I'd want a cooler power, but I feel like I'd be really good at something kind of useless or maybe cooking. I don't know. Your answer is so much more interesting, though. <laughs> my it's goodness. It's kind of devious. <laughs> it is. I like it. It's it's spicy. I was not used to, And you answered that really quick. I know. I'm like, I haven't thought about this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Tirza, let me know, like, what's on your mind? Like, let me know. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you for that. I'm glad I You're asked. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, amazing, amazing. So the next book I have is also amazing. It is When the Moon Was Ours by Anna Marie McLemore. And it is a like 
magical realism slash fantasy slash queer romance. And if you haven't read anything by Anna Marie Mecklemore, one thing you should know is they serve prose, honey, prose all mm-hmm. day, pro this, prose this way, prose that way. And the prose here is elaborate and lilting and blends in with the modern day fairy tale aspect of this book beautifully. So this follows Miel, a Latin girl who has roses growing out of her wrists and Samir, a Pakistani boy who hangs painted moons all over town. So right off the bat, it's giving whimsy. It's giving whimsical, like fairy tale storybook, right? So Miel was brought home by Samir years ago after she spilled out of a water tower. And they think like she came forth, she like sprang forth from the water tower, like she was born there. So there's a little mystery about her beginnings that I will let you um, read about as they unfold in the book. So the two are seen as weird by others. I mean, homegirl has roses going, growing out of her wrists. So, you know, there's that. Um, it doesn't matter, though, because they are like the best things in each other's lives. So Samir tells Miel his secrets about his body and how he was born a girl, but raised as a boy as part of a Middle Eastern tradition called Basha Posh. Uh, which is a, an actual thing that I learned about. So that's really interesting. Um, and Miel tells Sam about her family. So like I said, there's some some things going on with her family and her past and her origins. Um, and she confides in Sam about those things. But then as their relationship starts to deepen, starts to become more romantic and more intimate and passionate, something else happens. There are these sisters rumored to be witches called the Bonner Girls, and they've suddenly set their sights on Miel because they think they are, they think that her roses are the key to maintaining the power that they have. They have this power that influences people like the boys in the town, brings all the boys to the yard, to quote (laughs) a poet, um, and but it's getting weaker, honey, like the milkshake ain't milkshaking like it used to. You know what I mean? And they're thinking like, maybe we blend some of these roses in this milkshake. It'll milkshake like it needs to. So <laughs> they to to milkshake as the milkshake is the word of the day to to make sure that their love, attraction, influencing magic, whatever works like it used to. They're like, we're going to get this girl's roses. We don't care. We're going to do everything that we can to, I'm sure they would have loved to be invisible Tirza to get her roses. <laughs> oh, um, <yeah. laughs> so now they're using everything they can. They're using Sam's and Miel's secrets against them to try to get what they want. So this has, this book has traditions, mythology, lore, Spanish phrases throughout. All of that is blended together so beautifully along with the beautiful, gorgeous prose. So obviously you need to pick it up. When the Moon Was Ours by Anna Marie Mecklemore. I love this book so much. I, I haven't read it in years. When, mm. I, when it first came out, it was probably the last time I read it, which was yeah, like, it came out like 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is so gorgeous and, and good. And um, the Bonner sisters are freaking terrifying. So Awful. yeah. They're, yeah, they're awful. So yes, highly, highly recommend that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my next pick is um, Before the Devil Knows You're Here by Ooh. Autumn Krauss, which is a fantastic title, by the way. Um, 
And it is about Catalina. And so this is historical fantasy. Um, it takes place in Wisconsin, actually, in like the early 1800s. Like I think it's like 1830s, 1840s. And so um, Catalina is um, living with her father and her brother. Her mother tragically died about a year earlier. And they are barely surviving. Like they've barely survived this like horrible, awful winter. Um, Catalina also knows that like they are not going to survive the next winter because they can't like stock up enough um, food and, you know, resources to survive like the bitter Wisconsin winters. And she's growing increasingly worried for her father who is acting like, you know, he's not quite on this like plane of existence. And he's, he's saying a lot of things that don't make sense. And so she's really trying hard to keep her family together. Um, and one of the things that her father is always telling her and her brother is um, if you see apples, like don't eat them. Like the apples are poisonous. And she's like, I have no idea what that means. Um, but one day, you know, she sees apples like delivered on their doorstep mysteriously. And her father like absolutely freaks out. Like don't eat them, don't eat them. And then um, he goes to pour himself a drink out of the water pitcher. And he, he drinks it and he you know tries to spit it out right away but he's like it's poison cider like so there's somebody has slipped poison cider in their um, water pitcher and her father succumbs to the poison and he unfortunately passes away and Catalina is just bereft because she's like I don't know what I'm gonna do um, with like the rest of my life like how are we going to survive and that's when this character called the man of sap that her father always told her about as like this childhood tale um, comes to the door to basically whisk her father away and he mm. steals um, her brother as well. And so Catalina is left alone in the middle of the woods and this man of sap has just stolen her brother. And she is like, well, um, no, I'm not going to let that happen. So she grabs like her hunting knife and some supplies and she heads out into the woods and she's going to track down this man of sap and she's going to get her brother back. And along the way, she meets a young lumberjack who has his own reasons for wanting to track down the man of sap. And he knows, you know, about the man of sap. He believes that he's real. Um, he, and he won't really say why he wants to find the man of sap, but um, they team up and they start looking for him. And so there's a lot of like, I think this book is being pitched as like dark Johnny Appleseed and, and like John Bunyan, like that was like American hmm. folklore, but like take it and give it like a nice little dark twist. Um, and so it's very magical. There are a lot of um, like things that they encounter in the woods that defy expectation and defy explanation. Um, but Catalina is determined to figure out where her brother is. And once she finds him, she learns that the man of sap is not who she thinks he is. Oh. And in fact, they are dealing with a much darker entity. Um, and I mean, the title says it all before the devil knows you're here. Um, I like how you just gasped. <laughs> <laughs> I love a twist, a dark twist. Yeah, mm. it's great. The, this book, like the cover is gorgeous. Like the it actual is. book, like I purchased, like it was so beautiful. Um, yeah, it's really great. It's a beautifully written story. And it's, yeah, it's just this dark little tale 
where you're like, what is going to happen next? So I really enjoyed it. It is Before the Devil Knows You're Here by Autumn Krauss. And it does have a wonderful romance at the center. Um, Catalina the Lumberjack. So if that, that sounds up here, Allie, just definitely get on it. Um, I know some TikTok, a whole legion of TikTok and other social media girlies who would love a lumberjack um, as a love interest. So I think that's mm-hmm. up a lot of people's alleys because I've seen the videos. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, the next one I have is Gwen and Art are not in love by Lex Croucher. So I feel like Lex Croucher probably heard the girlies lamenting about like how there should be more queer Arthurian tales. It was like, hold my sword, because that's exactly what this is. It's got great banter and two leads who at first can't stand each other, which often leads to great banter, in my opinion. Um, So boom, hundreds of years after King Arthur's reign, one of his descendants, also named Arthur, is betrothed to Gwendolyn, Princess of England. Only problem is they, like I said before, really don't like each other. They're also gay, LOL, which they find out when they're forced to spend the summer together at Camelot as like a preview of their marriage type of thing, which they, they've begrudgingly accepted that like the best way to form an alliance is with a marriage. And that was typical for, you know, medieval times and families and lords and kings and queens and all that stuff. So uh, first up... Gwen catches Arthur making out with one of the male servants. And then Art is like, oh, she got me. She caught me. Let me like, let me look around. <laughs> not to, not to, not to keep teasing you, Tirza, but I know he was like, invis- invis- the invisibility power would have come in handy because <laughs> he was like, he was searching for dirt and he finds one of her like childhood diaries. And it turns out she is super smitten as a kitten with Bridget LeClaire, the only woman knight in the whole kingdom. And for some reason, I thought of Gwendolyn Christie. Do you know who that is, the actress? Gwendolyn um, Christie, she was in um, Game of Thrones. And oh. um, I don't know why. I just wanted to, I saw her in a suit of armor and I was like, yes, I like that. Uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. It's just how my brain works. It's just who I pictured. So, um, yes, Bridget LeClaire is the only female knight in the kingdom. And Gwen is like, yes, I need that. Uh, so first they try to use these little pieces of information against each other. But then they realize that their lives would be better if they worked together. But then things shift. And their secrets start to like threaten to come out they don't know who they can trust so they better like figure some things out quick or they will be exposed so um this story is really fun there's actually some diversity here there's great banter like i said before there's also found family sword fights and it's just a lot of fun in general. So, yeah, that is Gwen and Art Are Not in Love by Lex Croucher. Oh, and I should say it's obviously, well, you probably figured, but it's medieval, historical, romantic, all those good things. Yes, it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is on my, my TBR as well. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so my next pick is a contemporary 
story, but graphic novel with some like gothic vibes. And I've talked about it on this show before, but I have to talk about it again. Um, it is North Ranger by Ray Terciaro and Brie Indigo. And it is about Cade, who is um, this teenager who is obsessed with horror movies. He loves horror movies because it makes him feel closer to his dad, who is no longer with him. And one summer, he discovers that his stepfather got a job working on um, the ranch of um, somebody that he knew in the army when he was still in the army. And um, his stepdad is going to be going away for the summer to work on this ranch. And oh, also, by the way, Cade, you're going with him. And at first, Cade is like, excuse me, because he Mm -hmm. is not a ranch hand manual labor type of guy. Um, He's much more uh, like... Let me be a cashier and live within close proximity of a movie theater type of guy. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, with AC. Just right? saying, like, AC. Texas in the summer. Texas. Uh-uh. Yes. Hotter than the devil's spit. No thanks. Right? Um, so he's like, no thank you. But his parents are like, you have no choice because we are really broke. And this way, you know, they promise that like, you know, you get to keep all the money that you earned this summer. Right. But like, know that like, we can't give you any money during the school year. So like, this is this is what you got to do. Right. Um, so he arrives at this um this ranch and he is not happy about it at all. Um, And when he gets there, he meets Henry who is like blonde, muscular, gorgeous. And he is the son of the owner of the ranch. And Kate is like, Oh, hello. Like, yes, I, I would, would not mind working alongside him for the rest of the summer. Um, So he and Henry actually strike up this like friendship and it's kind of tentative at first. It's really sweet. Um, But Henry is a little bit guarded. Like he's got some secrets. His mom passed away and um, there's a lot of rumors that are swirling around the ranch about like the circumstances surrounding his mom's death and like, Kate overhears a few things that definitely sound suspicious and remember he loves horror so he is like his imagination is just like jumping all over the place and he's wondering like oh is is Henry like actually somebody that like I can fall for or does he have a big dark secret that's going to make this relationship like a big nope so um, I really love this I loved the art like the art is like this very beautiful sort of like burnt umber um like dark browns and purples and it feels like it Mm. like really fits for like a texas ranch but that like and for a story that's like also kind of gothic in nature um it's really fantastic so that is north ranger by ray terciero and brie indigo and i love it nice i'm going to get into my last one right before i do we can hear from our sponsor Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined. Haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet? We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn 
more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? Pick up The Dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Harper Muse, publisher of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters is an intimate portrait of two generations, a granddaughter and a grandmother, coming to terms with what it means to be family, Black women, and alive in a world on fire. In heartfelt lyrical prose, Mary Inez Hegler weaves an unforgettable story of the climate crisis, Black resistance, and the enduring power of family. Narrated by Janice Abbott-Pratt and written by climate justice writer Mary Anise Hegler, the Troubled Waters audiobook is available everywhere May 7th. It follows Corinne as she plans to stage a dramatic act of resistance and peels back the scabs of her family wounds and puts her safety in jeopardy. Both grandmother and granddaughter must bring their unspoken secrets into the light to find a path to healing. Known for her essays that dissect and interrogate the climate crisis, drawing heavily on her personal experience as a black woman with deep roots in the South, Mary Inez Hegler brings us her first work of fiction titled Troubled Waters. Make sure to pick it up. Thanks again to Harper Muse, publisher of Troubled Waters, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so the last one I have, I I don't remember hearing about this when it came out last year, but I was like, how did I, how did I miss this one? So it is titled The King is Dead by Benjamin Dean, and this is a little different from what I feel like I usually read in YA because it is a romantic thriller, which is a genre mashup I haven't read much of YA or adult so but i think i need to read more of it so anyway um it's also another book dealing with royalty which was not on purpose but here we are so in it james is 17 and becomes the uk's first black slash mixed race monarch after his father dies he's also gay which he keeps under wraps because the press already scrutinizes him to the nth degree because of his black heritage and if they found out he was gay too it would be over and he's just like you know what i can't deal with all this um james also suffers from feelings of inadequacy um which i think is typical of a lot of marginalized people honestly because of the con like constant scrutiny and different things um but he feels like like geez like should i not be in this position like, am I adequate for this, really? Especially when he has, like, white family members that he thinks people would rather see on the throne as opposed to him. So he's busy managing all these feelings while also trying to keep his Black family members from the media's toxicity because they're going for him because he's Black. And he's like, let me try to keep my mom and my brother and stuff out of this. And, like, you know, just keep it on me. Keep the focus on me. Um, so he's dealing with all that. And then his boyfriend, who he set, thinks of as his first love and who he has also kept a secret because, again, he doesn't want people to know he's gay. This boyfriend disappears. Ooh. And yeah, that's what I said. He disappears. Not just that. Some of the royal family's secrets start spilling out and appearing in the media in newspapers mm. and tabloids and things. And so now James is sitting here thinking like, I know gosh darn well. He's like, there's a spy among my people. 
And these are a lot, these are people he's grown up with, right? So he's like, who here among you? Where is my man? First of all, where's my man? Secondly, who's leaking this intel? So this has been compared to Ace of Spades and Gossip Girl, which I never watched, but I have an idea of how it like went. Um, and I think the comparisons are fairly apt. Of course, it's it's still its own thing. It's still different, but it's definitely full of twists and turns. So again, that is The King is Dead by Benjamin Dean. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember seeing the cover for this one, but I didn't Same. know what it was about. And now I'm Same. like, oh, dang. Like, yeah, mm, exactly. Yeah, I'm have to put that Shimmy one on over. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> awesome. Okay. I know I've already given you four books, but I have to give a shout out for the two books that I'm currently reading right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just started on audio most ardently by Gabe Cole Nova. And this is a retelling of Pride and Prejudice. But it is set in the Regency time period, and it imagines, like, what if the character of Elizabeth Bennet was trans? So in this um, iteration, um, it's Oliver Bennet, who is, you know, living kind of in a frustrated um, sort of in-between space where, like, he he knows he's trans, but he he can't really live his authentic life and his authentic self because his parents all think that like oh you're just a young lady in need of a husband um and he's like no thank you and then he meets darcy and um darcy is you know his the normal darcy character um but oliver and darcy fall in love but then there's like that added element of like darcy doesn't know that oliver is you know, known as Elizabeth in other circles. So yeah, I'm, I'm not very far into it, but I'm loving the tension and mm. I'm loving just like this little twist on, um, you know, pride and prejudice. It's been really fun to listen to. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to shout out, um, if you are like in a romantic kick, like um, I finally like hopped on like the TikTok, you know, bandwagon and I started Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross and um, I really am loving it. So there is that. And we're going to be talking more about Divine Rivals in a future episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. So those are my like romantic, you know, YA picks for the moment. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to add to my TBR, I will say. You over here <laughs> adding a whole series. Thanks. Gee, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. Like, I Anytime. just... You know, just, I just, I'm here all day. I'm here all week. Anytime you need me. Um, but yeah, so I love these. These seem like so much fun. And um, I like how some of them also um, have an emphasis on friendship, as you were talking about before, like in terms of Valentine's or Galentine's Day celebrations, like the importance of, of, of celebrating those relationships as well, as well as the romantic Absolutely. Yes. So yeah. And like, hopefully no matter what you do or do not do on February 14th, um, you have some good books and that's, you know, that's pretty great. So yeah. So um, 
looking ahead, because I, I did kind of just tease Divine Rivals, we are going to be doing another book club episode. Um, and we are going to be discussing Divine Rivals because um, everybody's talking about it on TikTok. And I was like, Erica, maybe maybe we should mm-hmm. like read a TikTok famous book. Um, and so I can tell you that I started it and I'm really into it. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is actually like, and like, no, oh, this is actually good. Like, I don't think that it wasn't <laughs> going to be good, but like, I, I don't think I really knew what it was about. And I just yeah. like, knew it was really popular. And sometimes like, I mean, like, I don't mean this to like throw shade at any one author. Or, I already know or, what you're going to say. It's okay. Well, yeah. well, I was just gonna say like, sometimes TikTok books, like everybody gets like so obsessed over TikTok and like. Um, like when Book Talk was like freaking out over um, um, Colleen Hoover, like I read a couple of Colleen Hoover books, but I was like, yeah, you know, like they're just for me, they're just fine. Like that, they're yeah. what they weren't like. Oh my god, my next favorite books. So like every time this happens, I'm always like, oh yeah, yeah, maybe I'll get to it. But I actually right. had a friend be like, no, my gosh, like Divine Rivals is so good, and then, mm-hmm. so she really sold it on to me. And then, um, and then I suggested that maybe we do it for our next book club pick. And then I started reading it, and I was like, holy crap, I'm obsessed. So yeah, um, that is that is kind of how we came to that. Yes, I haven't started it yet, but I am super excited and I love that you recommend it because it's, it's important to keep up with what the other girlies are doing. So, you know. What? Well, yeah. and I always think like from like a, a writer and also like um, yeah. just like book person perspective, like it's interesting to see, to, to read the things that are like so famous because right. like a lot of times like the hype machine, once it gets going, it's hard to slow down. And sometimes that's all you need to sell a book. But then I like reading some of these popular books and being like, oh, okay, but like, what is it about this book that like everybody's loving or, you know, freaking out about? And um, it's, it's interesting to just kind of like look at that and, and be like, okay, why this book? Because sometimes, yeah. you know, it's not because a book is any, you know, better or more extraordinary than like so many other books on the shelves, but it's just about like the right combination of, of things that like really like find an audience and like it gets, it, it goes off and and then it's just so popular so Mm -hmm. um, I always find it interesting to look at it from that perspective but yeah we'll talk more about Divine Rivals and our Divine Rivals episode next month but oh my gosh I'm enjoying it nice all right well thank you so much for tuning in this week Um, we really appreciate it and please feel free to leave us feedback uh, about the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because it helps um, others find us and also lets us know how we're doing. And you can always drop us a line at heyya.bookriot.com. Don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all, of course, all things bookish. And then you can go to bookriot.com slash read harder um, to sign up for our read harder newsletter. Thank you to today's sponsors for making the show possible. And thanks as always to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Bray. Um, you can follow me on um, Instagram and threads I'm at Tears of Price. How about you, Erica? I am on Twitter at Erica underscore easy E underscore. I'm also trying to give Blue Sky a little, you know, a little trying chance. So Erica dash easy E on Blue Sky. Awesome. Okay. Well, we will be back again in two weeks, but until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.